Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm not quite sure my liver can put up with more of this, but here we go. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, everybody. I'm your co-host, Joel, too close to call Cheeseman. And I'm Chad. Tell me when somebody hits 270, so wash. Yeah, on this week's show, what else? The election. Winners, losers, maybe a stiff drink or two. And we'll end with sausages and crossbows. Is that a porn? Enjoy this ad while I go buy more shares of Brown Foreman. I said on the rocks. You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually, kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. I'm sorry, we have to backtrack. Is that porn? <laughs> I said brown form and not forearm. Yeah, I'm sorry. You said uh, you said you said sausages and crossbows. I wasn't oh, sure. Oh, that, that's my bad. My bad. All right, I, I'm a little bit drained as most of us Americans are. So uh, yes. forgive us. Forgive forgive us, or at least me, if we're a little slow slow today. Yeah, new sovereign ad, new sovereign tech, uh, new sovereign giveaway coming soon. Uh, little teaser there, but yeah, Ooh. sovereign is going to be a big part of our 2020 goodbye song. They've been behind the scenes, pretty much powering everything on the vendor yep. side, yep. Um, either from a parsing or a matching standpoint or both. And now they're doing more and to yep. be able to actually see the product and then also see, you know, all the hooks and the APIs and all that, man, those guys are going to be fucking going gangbusters. Yeah. And everyone will think we're biased, which in some ways we are, but even if they weren't uh, a big supporter of the show, 
Sovereign's been the gold standard for a lot of this stuff for a Fuck long yeah. time, and uh, everybody uses them. They're under the <laughs> radar, but yeah, they're they're coming out, baby. And twenty twenty one might be their year to uh, to shine. Yeah, yeah. Well, quick quick announcement for all of sure. those who go to uh, chadcheese dot com. Just so you know. It's going through a, a major renovation right now. Some of the walls are getting knocked down, getting a little paint, you know, trying try, try to get that walk-in closet Joel's always wanted. Uh, so if you're looking to be able to, uh, for, for new content, just subscribe. You can do that on Apple, Spotify, Google, and when we finally get this pulled together with Shaker, who's doing the hard and the heavy lifting, yeah. um, We'll, we'll let everybody know. But until then, content's going to stay pretty stagnant on the website. Mm-hmm. But soon, oh, big unveil, baby. And this isn't just lipstick on a pig. We didn't just throw <laughs> in a, a different theme no. uh, to the website. This is a legitimate professional redesign. And big uh, big ups to Shaker for helping us out on uh, on this project. They've, yeah. been, they've been awesome, for sure. Awesome. Shout outs. Shut up, dude. Joe Lockwood. First of all, <laughs> yeah. uh, I got to say this: like, uh, if you haven't heard the show with Joe, uh, go back to the archives, check it out. Uh, but she is in the hospital for an acute pancreatitis. Uh, she's lovingly sharing all this with everybody, but it sounds like <laughs> she's having a rough time. So, Joe, keep the faith, stay strong. Uh, you'll get through it, and uh, yeah, we're we're rooting for you for sure. Get well soon, Joe. We miss you. Uh, big shout out to Alpar Major over at Smart Dreamers in Romania. He loves the no bullshit style of the podcast. Well, Alpar, we uh, we, we kind of do too. We do love that. Uh, RNL Recruiters Nation Live, the Jobvite event. Uh, they're going uh, virtual this year. Oh yeah, uh, I've, I've been invited to come speak. It's December tenth. More information will be forthcoming, but wanted to uh, to get that on the uh, the shout out slash travel. I know we we save travel and events till the end, but I'm, it's a fucked up week, so I'm going to throw it in at the beginning. <laughs> shout out to Tim Sackett, who wore his new Chad and Cheese tee at the gym while working out and is now trying to sell it on eBay. Tim, I've got to tell you, man, going to Planet Fitness on pizza day is not a fucking workout, Okay. I thought he was selling it on, on his OnlyFans uh, website, which I hear is is not very profitable for him. But uh, <laughs> either way, more more T-shirts out there. Uh, Isabel Kent, uh, yeah. Jeremy Roberts, our buddy, and uh, John Thurman, I think, were out there. Um, Isabel, major, major ups for like putting in the Job AdX uh, little booklet slash you know, thing in, in her picture. So she's she's a marketing gal, and she knows to to get that plug in there because she knows that we'd share that. So thanks for wearing the shirts, everybody. And if you want your own Chad and Cheese t-shirt, you got to head out to chadcheese.com backslash free. That's chadcheese.com backslash free. We'll put you on the list. We'll draw names. We'll uh, throw darts, whatever. Uh, You might want a (laughs) t-shirt. And Jeremy comes off the the, the naughty list, by the way. So uh, Jeremy's back in the good graces. He he, remember he actually had that picture where it had blocks over his face like he was in the witness protection program or something. It's been rectified this week. So but I'd like to say, Jeremy, don't let it happen again, man. Come on, man. (laughs) Shout out to. Jennifer Shanahan. Uh, yes! We mentioned her last week. Yes! 
is our first ever beer drop winner, uh, sponsored by our buddies at Adzuna. If you want to make sure 2020 is just a little bit better with alcohol, we are uh, in the process of getting a Zoom tasting scheduled. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. Jennifer, we appreciate you, and uh, you're going to have a good weekend for sure. Yes, and and I actually selected some of the beers. I couldn't bite. I didn't get them all because I think we yeah. sent her like 20 fucking beers. Uh, I got a, a select group myself just to make sure that I can taste the same types of uh, beers that she is. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, yeah. I've got my eye on the Skull Crusher. I'm uh, interested, <laughs> excited about that Hell one. Hell yeah. Big shout out to Gareth Peterson and the crew at Caru, C-A-R-O-O. Uh, over in the UK, they posted their first episode of Higher Wars, Return mm-hmm. of the Jabai. That is the worst ever. It's it's one of the worst slash best things on the internet today. I'll, I've already shared it all over the socials. Just the bad, dry UK humor all over the place. It, it's You got to watch it. For sure, for sure. If you're not getting news and chat and cheese in your pocket, I know it's outside of you know politics and and all that good stuff. News has been a little bit weak this this week, but make sure that you're signed up to get texts and alerts from us on your phone in your pocket. Uh, you want to text the the letter CC to eight three three seven nine nine zero three two one. That's the letters CC. 833-799-0321. All right. Last from me, uh, event, uh, an event. We're going to close the year out with uh, our last round three of Friendly Discourse. That's on Hell yeah. November 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern. This topic for this month is going to be robots versus humans. Come on, man. Jim pleads his case on why robots, algorithms, and automation will never take over recruiting. And I get to play the bad guy and tell Jim he'd better be voting for universal basic income soon. Watch the (laughs) socials for all the registration details and come check it out. Love it. Okay. My last uh, shout out. um, I'm just, I'm going to shout out to the, the election process in our country. Uh, my wife, as some of you know, uh, got her American citizenship this year. Uh, she's a dual Canadian U.S. citizen. She has jumped headfirst into democracy here. Uh, she worked the polls. She's getting her whole experience, you know, voted for the first time, got super excited about the little sticker you get to wear. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a little bit old for me, but she's super excited. Anyway, I think I think so far through this whole thing, it's been f- pretty smooth. The process is working as it should. This voter fraud shit is garbage. We're, yes. we're, we're soldiering on. And I think that speaks a lot to the system. And uh, I, I'm hopeful that it will continue to work as it should. We will have a winner as as we should. And there will there will be a knock on wood, peaceful uh, transformation of power. If that's what happens uh, at this point of doing this show. Nevada is still uh, out out there. Uh, Arizona, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, Georgia. Yep. Uh, North Carolina, a lot of states that are going to decide this thing, and uh, it's up in the air. So, however it happens, I'm hopeful that America will uh, find its better self in terms of getting all this done. And the election process has been, I think, a plus. I have to say, she was slammed into the whole process, and it was more 
like being slammed into a brick wall, I would say, right? I mean, she she was working the polls and mm-hmm. for the most part, I, I think she she started to understand what you're surrounded by here in the state of Indiana. Yeah, I mean, some highlights from her her experience. Um, she was there were six total, I believe, in in the precinct. She was the only Democrat um, of the list. Now we live in a very Republican area, so that's not a super surprise. Entire state, <laughs> well, entire state, but certainly northern Indianapolis um, for sure. A Democrat and a Republican have to take the votes together to the to the the county commissioner's office. So it was cool. Like she was she was the token Democrat. Part of the process. Yeah, that that took the votes there. So she got to see it firsthand. She wants to be a voter uh, or a vote counter next time so she can experience, you know, hopefully it'll be much less stressful next year. Yeah. So so this has been big uh, from the standpoint of our kids, too, because they're seeing this right. There's there's just a big impact and it's an incredibly divisive time. What what kind of conversations have you had any conversations with the kids uh, have they asked you about any of this? I mean, what's the, what's happening at the Cheeseman house? Yeah. So uh, the three-year-old could give a shit, which is kind of a nice little reprieve from all the stress that and, goes and everything saying. that's going on. Like <laughs> to see pictures of him on the playground is like, he doesn't give a shit about any of this. Like it's a nice, uh, escape. The, the older kids, 14 and, and 11, um, as you know, I'm uh, divorced. I have not seen them since the election. I will see them today. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. I think, you know, for me, the, the takeaway on the kid side is that it's, it's depressing for them to see quote unquote politics or government, yeah. um, as sort of this, you know, uh, governing through Twitter, you know, the news, news getting thrown under the bus sort of lies. And, you know, when you and I grew up at, at the same age, you may not have agreed with the other side, but at least people, they carried themselves with a certain level of class you know, you and I grew up with Reagan, uh, Bush, you know, there was a quorum there that that has been lost. And I, I feel badly for young people that don't know what it should kind of look like or what it's looked like for 200 plus years to see it now and think, oh, that's government because it isn't. And, you know, if nothing else for me, um, and I made this clear in the election election show, and we can get into our, our horrible uh, predictions there if we want to. But for me, it's like, uh, getting Trump out of here is going back to government, at least as we we know it, as you know, classy people that treated each other with some uh, a bit of respect. Um, get back to that. I think that's important. And uh, I'll certainly talk to the kids. Cole has jokingly supported Kanye through all this. So he is sort of interested uh, from afar, or at mm-hmm. least as, as a 13, 14 year old. Can do it. Um, but yeah, you, you have older kids. Uh, what have you told them? Two in college and it's more listening than it is telling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got one who's actually a poli sci major in at uh, ONU in Northwest Ohio. And she obviously has a lot of venting and uh, it, it, which, which makes sense. I mean, she's been incredibly vested in this whole process during the entire time for the elections. And then my... Uh, youngest daughter who is a freshman. Uh, we actually had a video call last night and she was visibly shaken because of the turnout. I mean, we, we all felt at least in the, in, in the, in the family at home mm-hmm. that, uh, the early numbers meant that the country was correcting its mistake in a major way. And that, uh, just wasn't the case. So, you know, it, it was, it was hard. And then last but not least, you know, we have a, a, a son that's a senior in high school. He's gay. 
Um, yeah. You know, so there's some impact all the way around. Uh, both girls voted this time, the very first time they voted for a presidential candidate, okay. and they feel like they're a part of the process. So I think from our standpoint, there's definitely, you know, helping them understand, keep your head up. Uh, we've got to keep trudging and driving through this to to what we feel is right. Uh, but it's 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 not easy. Yep. So let's 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 touch on the election show real quick. Yep. Uh, we were both ridiculously wrong. It was wishful thinking. Take me to you watching sort of the early results, Florida coming in and and Ohio sort of going Republican after it looked like maybe it was going to do do a, a 180 from last year. Sort of take me through your thoughts on election night as it was unfolding. Yeah, I know. I knew it was the long game, but I was hoping for the short game. And, mm-hmm. you know, as as I just said, you know, with the kids and our hope here in the family and, and you know, my prediction was definitely wishful thinking and very hopeful for mm-hmm. this country. And it didn't shake out that way. So it, it really hurt. I still feel and felt like uh, Biden has a much better chance of of winning but uh, but overall, I mean, it, it's a it's a soul crusher when nearly half of the country is voting for the chaos and idiocracy that uh, we've experienced over the last four years. And and how can that not hurt somebody who really feels like you know we're some of the best in the world? Yeah, I think you know I, I was hoping that at the end of the night we'd be able to say Mulligan and our bad and be yeah. able to sort of move on. That's not the case. This will shake out during the show, so let's get into the winners and the losers. <laughs> Fair enough. I got a lot of shit to get off my chest, Chad. Yeah. I'm sorry okay. if I'm well, if we'll I'm do jumping that. the we'll, gun. We'll do that. I I'm promise. jumping I, the we'll, gun. We'll All right, let's let's get to our. What do you want to do? Winners or losers? Winners. First? Yeah, no, winners. 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 Okay. Um, so we're going to, we're going to do this sort of tennis style. I'm going to go through my, one of my winners <laughs> and vice versa. And we'll go, uh, we're doing three each and then we'll take a break and then we'll get to uh, the losers, which is obviously much more exciting um, anyway. So, so my winners, number one is gig economy platforms. One of the few bits of news from the election night was out of California um, in terms of employment was uh, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash and others, Postmates, I believe, spent upwards of a half, $500 million, I think, to defeat uh, sort of a legislation that would treat gig workers like employees. Um, obviously, if someone's an employee, uh, you know, there's there's all kinds of benefits that they're that they're owed under the law here in the U.S. in terms of uh, unemployment insurance, possible health insurance, um, being able to to hold the hold uh, these companies under laws that that normally they wouldn't if if they're doing contract work, which is essentially what they do now. So from a winner standpoint, I think that the gig economy platforms had a huge win, and I was personally shocked that California, the most progressive state arguably um, in the country. Mm-hmm you know, opted to uh, basically side with with the uh, the gig economy platforms as opposed to the workers. And now the you know, the the, the reaction of that is going to be, you know, state after state, gig economy platform after gig economy platform. There's precedent now. Um, they're all basically going to be able to run free uh, as as they are today with contract workers. We're seeing obviously the stocks, uh, stocks of all those companies go, you know, go through the roof uh, in the past 24 or 48 hours. Um, so they're a big winner. Um, and that, that's one of my few employment related 
uh, topics from uh, from this show, but that was a, a big winner for me. Thoughts? Money buys votes. That's one of the reasons why our democracy is so fucked up and broken right now. When you can spend $500 million plus on advertising and propaganda and bullshit, as opposed to actually paying your people. That is what we are here in America today. And that says more about not just California, but our entire system than most anything else that happened. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit on the fence. I'm I'm a little less married to sort of your position in this because I, I do think there, there's a level of being a contract worker is a positive and being, being able to, you know, pick your own, uh, pick your own hours and pick the own comp, you know, the companies and the gigs and whatever platforms you want to be a part of and, and have that freedom to do that. The other side of me thinks, or the other side of me realizes, look, until we get sort of a national healthcare system where yeah. gig workers can at least have the safety net of if they get in a wreck while driving an Uber, that they can go to the hospital and, and get fixed. Or if their family gets sick, uh, there's not that, uh, you know, that, that thing to worry about, um, that has to be solved at some point. And to me, to me, a a symptom or something that needs to happen because of this, this ruling is that there needs to be some healthcare legislation to help folks that are, that are giggers, if you will. So it's hard not having healthcare wherever you're at. Um, my, my big winner, this is knocking on wood, hoping that, uh, the numbers stay true and Biden still wins is science. Science in medicine. So scientists, doctors, and the people who want to beat COVID so the country can get our damned economic engines running again. Yesterday, we topped over 100,000 COVID cases and over 1,600 deaths in one day. So this has been, you know, this has always been a healthcare emergency that impacted the economy. Never an economic emergency with a side of virus. And that's the thing. We don't have leadership now that has focused on the root of the problem, which has been the pandemic. We've focused on making money, which is, again, one of the reasons why we're in this shit storm that we are, because we're focusing on money instead of people. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, again, Biden wins and science and medicine starts to take over. And then we get our fucking economy back. I look at this a little bit in difference to you. Uh, to me, again, it, it, it went back to believing that there might be a blue wave, right? Like we're going to make everything right that was wrong. And one of those rights that I thought we were going to to set straight was we're going to we're going to vote with science. The candidate who says, you know, doctors are idiots, the one who lets you know, lets their pep rally uh, people, you know, shout out fire Fauci, fire Fauci, fire Fauci and have him be like, oh, just get me through the election and we'll take care of Fauci. Like the animosity that that side has shown science and the fact that they got 50 percent of the vote basically tells me that that people a lot of people don't believe in science and they're not siding with science. So I would almost, I almost put science as a loser, um, in my bracket. So we, we differ a little bit on that. Uh, obviously if Biden wins, that's a big win for science, but as, as of today, uh, we'll see what happens. It's still uncertain. Yeah. All right. Uh, winner for me in light of what I just said, uh, is Trumpism. Again, I really believed that was going to be, uh, just a, a real thumbs down on Trump, his politics, uh, the way that he does things. 
boy, was I wrong. Um, Trumpism is alive and well. Uh, for those that are just following the presidential stuff, uh, we, the Republicans actually gain seats in the House. Uh, the Senate is not going to flip. Uh, so even if Trump does not get elected, his ideology and his maybe way of doing politics is not going anywhere. And I've even seen opinion pieces that say he could run again in 2024. Um, and let's not forget, we have an entire Trump family just waiting to become Congress, you know, Congress people and senators and who knows what else. So, you know, to me, a big winner in this, although maybe the rest of us are losers, is is Trumpism. And we're going to have to live with that for for the foreseeable future, which is why I'm glad my next winner is cannabis uh, of <laughs> of of the five states that voted on can- cannabis, four states approved legal rec- uh, recreational marijuana for adults 21 and older. That's New was, Jersey. Was, was Indiana on the list? No. Was they, yeah. Was Indiana they? will be the only state, the only state you, that will be be behind Indiana in this whole uh, conversation is Alabama or Utah. I'm going Utah is the could last be, the last stand. Uh, New, New Jersey, Montana. Mm-hmm. Mississippi, South Dakota, recreational and medical, Arizona, uh, and Oregon is the first state to legalize regulated medicinal use of. Did you say did you say Mississippi or was that a was that a misspoke? Yeah, Mississippi is for (laughs) medical only, but still Mississippi. Marijuana, you can't, yeah. you, you can't, can't, Hell yeah. can't believe it. So psilocybin, aka mm-hmm. magic mushrooms, with the medical use, will come uh, after a two-year development period in Oregon. Oregon mm-hmm. has passed a measure that decriminalizes small amounts of street drugs, making offenses similar to traffic violations. Yeah, crimes that are associated with drug use, such as manufacturing drugs, selling drugs. And driving under the influence are still criminal offenses, mm-hmm. um, but more than a hundred organizations endorse the measure, including the Oregon chapter of the American College of Physicians, Oregon Nurses Associations, just a bunch of different ones. But yep. multiple countries in Europe, including Portugal, the Netherlands, and Switzerland, have decriminalized hard drugs without. Rampant effects. Uh, a 2015 European drug report also found that Portugal's drug overdose rate is five times lower than mm. the European average. So as we all look at this and think of war on drugs, and this is your brain, and this is your brain on drugs, yep. you know that that has been the propaganda that's been shoved into our brains for 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 decades. Since our lifetime, the war on drugs has been at the forefront of, of policy in this yeah. country. And you and I lived it. We lived Nancy Reagan's just say no to drugs. Um, Marijuana is a gateway to, you know, heroin and everything, everything. else was scary as shit uh, when Chad and I grew up. And it has slowly unfolded into not being so bad and being legalized. And, oh, states that legalize it you know, don't go straight to hell. Um, so this phenomenon of drugs uh, and the war on drugs and decriminalization and, and you know, social workers instead of handcuffs um, is probably a really good thing that, that the world is, is going through. And so, yeah, uh, the, 
taking away the, the criminalization and the and the, the the negative aspects of drug use in this country is is a long time coming and it's really interesting to see government um, and politics be at the forefront of, of all this stuff happening. We have 5%, around 5% of the world population and 25% of incarcerated individuals. You know, it's weird that private companies that are jails also make more money if there are more prisoners. It's kind of weird how that, that works. Yeah, yeah. And one in three black males in the U.S. Yeah. will be incarcerated. So that's the yeah. average versus one in 17 white males. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, my uh, my final winner um, in our winners category goes to the markets or more specifically, maybe your 401k. The rich, uh, the rich get richer. And the reason for that is basically... Not much is going to change. Um, government is split. Uh, the world is divided. The, pol- the political scene is is very. Uh, uh, it's just not adherent to change. Uh, I don't. I don't think we're going to see tax increases, whether it's Biden or Trump. I don't think we're going to see any new regulations. Um, I think tariffs, assuming Biden gets into office, will probably ease up a little bit, uh, which is good for for the four hundred one ks and the markets. Um, I think if you're invested in big tech, uh, I think they're a big winner in this. I don't think there's going to be uh, enough of a mandate in whoever's president to to break up big tech um, or even maybe have common sense regulations um, around big tech. So a lot of those companies that have you know the 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 five companies that are like twenty percent of the value of the Fortune 500 are going to be uh, are going to be healthy and people who own stocks. Uh, are going to be pretty happy um, in the next four years, although that leaves a lot of people out. Um, the market holders, the stock owners, the business owners that are successful are going to have a pretty good time in the next four years, no matter who is in office. And they are my last winner. And remember, everybody, that 90% of the uh, stocks are actually owned by the top 10% of earners. My last winners are mm-hmm. treating people as people. So in Delaware, Sarah McBride became the first transgender state senator in mm-hmm. U.S. history. In Tennessee, Tori Harris and Eddie McManus, through, uh, they're, they're on different sides of the aisle, found yeah. common ground to make history and wins to serve in, the, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Taylor Small was elected to Vermont, the, the Vermont House of Representatives, uh, where she is a, a trans female, 26 years old. I mean, fucking crazy. Uh, New York elects two openly LGBTQ black members of Congress, R- Richie Torres and Mondaire Jones. Uh, Georgia elects first openly LGBTQ state senator Kim Jackson, uh, and also they reelected who I think uh, Sam Park, who came out while he was in. So he was he was in much like Pete uh, Buttigieg when he was mm-hmm. mayor and he was reelect reelected after he came out of out of the closet in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Kansas elects first transgender lawmaker Stephanie Byers. Here's the rub, okay. Mm-hmm. Those gay and trans people were always there. They can finally be themselves and come Mm -hmm. do their work 
as they are. I'll also say that, you know, I, I believe Mayor Pete did have something to do with people understanding and I don't want to say normalizing because it's always been normal. This is, mm-hmm. they are who they are. And this, having more of these individuals that are actually either coming out while they're doing the work or going in to uh, win these votes, I think is a huge win for our country. No doubt. And don't forget trailblazer, openly gay Senator Lindsey Graham, who got reelected. Oh, wait a minute. That, I don't <laughs> think that's right. My, my notes are a little bit worried on that. All right. Well, we'll be right back, everybody. Jobvite, the leading end-to-end talent acquisition suite. Named a leader in ATS, recruitment marketing, CRM, and onboarding on G2. Kim B says Jobvite is a user-friendly, passionate enterprise team that takes care of you. Jolly good. Jeffrey R says candidates are constantly telling us we get it right compared to other orgs. Love that. Results driven by AI. Connections built by humans. Jobvite. Learn how you can evolve your TA function at jobvite.com. Losers. Losers. <laughs> Losers. All right, your turn. Okay. The fir- my first loser is the world stage. Many okay. of us felt that America was the bright, shiny city on the hill. But what we are now realizing is that hill is lit by tiki torches. <laughs> the, the, the world cares. I mean, the amount of messages... Uh, that I've received from all over the world just this week uh, was inspiring. They gave us a chance to rectify our major mistake and Donald Mm -hmm. Trump will end up with more votes in 2020 than he had in 2016, which have demonstrated that we are not, the United States is not the moral high ground. We are not the eloquent answer to democracy and we're sure as hell not the country to pattern yourself after. We were once, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that we can stop beating our fucking chest long enough to finally fix the shit that's broken. That's the problem with America right now. We want to stand up and say we are the biggest and we're the best, but mm-hmm. we don't look down and see all the people that we're leaving behind. We don't want to see the people that are working their asses off, but they can't even afford rent. There's so much fucked up in this country and the world has been watching and we are losing leadership. Yeah. You know, I, I'm still optimistic on America. And, you know, one of the things I tell my wife who is a Canadian is, is, is especially uh, down on sort of our position in, in the world. And it was just people forget, you know, four plus short years ago where Barack Obama was, you know, the envy and little, you know, the leader that everyone sort of loved and looked up to. Um, certainly he, he had his opponents, uh, here, uh, in the States as well as globally, but, but he didn't embarrass anybody. He didn't insult anybody. He didn't grab anybody by the pussy. Um, I mean, he was, he was someone that we could all be, you know, really proud of. And, and I still think that, you know, if Biden gets in, we could do a 180 pretty quickly. Unfortunately, the election as a whole, uh, did not go that way. And we really took the mask off. By the way, the Tiki torch uh, line was pretty good. I don't know how, how long you, you took to, to come up with that. That was nice. <laughs> you know, the war, we, we basically, you know, we took off the, the white hood, right. in this election. And we said, yeah, this is really who half of us are. We're divided, uh, 
it's it's really fucked up. You know, the the thing we have going for us, I think, is still our institutions. I mentioned the process in our shout outs, and I still think the way that we're doing the election will hold firm. I think our institutions are still strong. Our rule of law is still a thing. I think is as nasty as a two party system is. It's still better than a single totalitarian uh, system. And so I still believe in America, we've got some real issues. Uh, the, the racism um, is weird, but again, more blacks voted for Trump this time around. So it's, it's, it's a very confusing, divisive time in America. Um, I think you know media and, and social media play a really interesting part in dividing us and keeping us divided. That's a different podcast. Uh, but yeah, that's a good loser. Um, there's a void in the world and we need to, to make sure that we don't uh, let that be a void for too long because uh, I still think we're the best hope for, for the world. <laughs> call me, call me Pollyanna. Yeah, you're also a white man in the United States. Uh, nothing's changed much for you in the last 400 years. Uh, remember Newsroom when Jeff Daniels did that opening monologue? Yep. That's the thing is is in the numbers have probably changed a little bit, but not much. The United States, seventh literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median income, fourth in labor force, and number four in exports. The only three areas the United States leads is the number one uh, we're number one in incarcerated citizens per capita, number one uh, in adults who believe in angels are real. And mm-hmm. last but not least, number one in defense spending, where we outspend uh, more than 26 other countries combined, 25 of which are allies. We have a prioritization problem in this fucking country. I still believe there's nothing wrong with America. That can't be fixed with what's right with America. But let's get to my loser, shall we? <laughs> All right. How about the environment? Argu- arguably the most important issue in in mankind, in humankind, right? I don't remember it being discussed, but maybe five minutes in one of the debates. Clearly, oil, you know, fossil fuels won. Coal one, it's sort of these old. It's just, it's just bad for the environment. There, there's no spotlight on 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 curing sort of the planet. Um, now, I do think if Biden gets in, uh, you know, it's good for um, alternative energy. I think it's good for companies that uh, that provide services and 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 products in that in that sec in that sector. I think that there's probably going to be some really minor. Uh, benefits for folks that you know buy electric cars or have solar panels or things like that, which have really been gutted uh, in the last four years. But overall, a big loser in my mind is is the environment. I don't think anything is going to change in the next four years. We're just going to get hotter and nastier, and hurricanes and floods and wrath of God is going to continue thanks to 2020's election. I don't know that I want to add to that. <laughs> My next loser is uh, is healthcare, and you mentioned it before. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing will be completed legislatively to provide more Americans healthcare because we won't have that that really that that blue wave that we were hoping would happen, so that we have control. Mm-hmm. We could make some major changes. We know Mitch McConnell's dumbass that's in there won't allow anything to happen literally in the next four years. Uh, We need a vehicle to someday extract 
sole access of healthcare benefits from traditional employers. Our country is sicker because of the rise of employers gaming part-time workers or mm-hmm. gig gig workers. Giggers, yep. Poor because healthcare is too damned expensive and less innovative because healthcare is not portable. So Americans are hesitant to change job, change jobs or startup companies. Yeah, there's probably nothing more broken in our country and less like further away from being fixed than healthcare. Mass incarceration, but yeah. My next loser Uh-oh. is uh, Kamala. Kamala it, Harris. It, it's, it's, it's Kamala, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, Sony Purdue. My next loser, Kamala Harris. Uh, and here's why. If if the Democrats thought that we would be in an environment in America to accept a, a black woman as president in 2024, I think that this election uh, highlighted the fact that it is not. I would also probably throw Pete Buttigieg in there, whereas we thought, hey, the, the, the country is OK, like we're we're more progressive than this. We aren't. So the Democrats, I think, really have to to look deep inside in terms of 2024 and, and who they're going to put uh, put up for 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 the presidency. Obviously, Kamala is going to be up there, but I'm not sure America, based on this election, is ready for a black woman to be president. Yeah, what we need is the Lincoln Project to really take over. Uh, and reface how Democrats do business. This coming from a a longtime Republican turn Democrat Mm -hmm. because of this fucking idiot in the White House right now. In the Lincoln Project is nothing but a bunch of Republicans who feel Mm -hmm. like I do. Yeah. The biggest issue, and this is one of the things that Julie hates me saying, is, is Democrats do one thing really well, and that's lose. Uh, yeah. They don't know how to prepare a message. They don't know how to focus and be disciplined. They love people and they want to be able to help people. And I love that about them, but they need mm-hmm. the Lincoln Project and people like that to get their asses disciplined and focused yeah. on uh, keeping their eyes on the prize. I think you, you touched on something really interesting, and that is sort of the splintering of parties that I see happening today. So you you have the Trumpists who are the the Republican flag bearers, right? And and that Trumpism is something that I don't really recognize very much as Republican doctrine. And of course, you have the progressives on the other end with AOC, Bernie, uh, Elizabeth Warren, and the like. And then you have sort of disengaged or or you know Republicans like Colin Powell and uh, um, Mitt Romney and John Kasich out of out of Ohio, who sort of like, where do, where do I fit in? And I think there are a lot of, I think I would probably put you in that group as I would probably put myself in and what happens to them? Do they be, you know, like you became a Democrat. So I think does do more of those swing over to the, to the democratic party, do more Democrats, you know, white working class folks go to Republican, you know, Trumpism and the Republican party. Uh, The splintering is really interesting. And whereas I thought if Trump was going to be totally outed, a blue wave was going to happen and maybe Trumpism will die and Republicans will have a a come to Jesus moment and and get back to their their roots. That apparently is not going to happen. So what happens to that sort of uh, traditional Jack Kemp, 
Ronald Reagan Republican is really up in the air right now. And that'll be sort of interesting to watch, in my opinion. I think we thought that was going to happen in this election, but it didn't. Right. We thought that yeah. the, the, the cult of personality people were the base were going to stay there, but everybody else was either going to do one or two things or going to not vote or they were going to, the, to join the Republicans like, you know, the, the, the Lincoln Project and, or the, the Democrats like the, the Lincoln Project and so on and so forth. But that didn't happen. So, you know, I, I'd like to say that I believe uh, what you're feeling, but I, I, I can't. I just can't. Yeah. There's just going to be a new group of raging moderates, I think. Which is what we need right now because we need moderates because everybody's on the fucking fringe, either on the left or the right. We need yeah. something to pull people back to the middle so that we can start the comp- uh, the, the compromise that we haven't seen for shit, at least eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, give us your last loser. My last loser is the American worker. We can go ahead and, and kind of like put this off of uh, of Prop 22, uh, mm-hmm. but without a unified and legislated approach to wages, equity, and transparency, we are going to continue down this rabbit hole of bullshit marketing and corporate gaslighting, which mm-hmm. uh, continues to, to funnel $2.5 trillion to the top every year without it ever trickling down to the middle and working class Americans. Companies say they want equity and diversity, although they aren't transparent. Well, you can't have it both fucking ways, people. You're either lying or you're transparent. And that is what we need to focus on to be able to help the American worker. But unfortunately, I think we've lost our way. And Prop 22 is that it is that signaling factor. I believe we are in big trouble in this country when it comes to workers. Yeah. And history is not very kind to empires, countries, et cetera, that have this sort of divide between the haves and the have nots. And it's getting bigger. Powder keg, powder keg. Uh, Okay. My last one, sort of, sort of uh, fun, maybe Uh, pollsters. Pollsters are the big loser uh, in this election. Good God. We thought maybe they'd get their act together after 2016. Psych. What is up with that industry? Um, I mean, what I've read, it's a combination of like no one has a landline anymore. Uh, Millennials don't answer the phone if they don't know who you are. Uh, You know, the old days of like just going to the street and getting people's opinions, that doesn't happen anymore. So the whole, you either have to put a, you know, for for entertainment purposes only label on every poll, or you really have to rethink uh, how this business is done. Trafalgar seems to be like the only reputable uh, company now doing it. Um, The only one that's really even close. The other ones are really off and, you know, don't have a sustainable business if they keep getting shit this wrong uh, election cycle after election cycle. So for me, pollsters, Come on, man, let's take a break because this therapy session is going really well for me. Uh, and we'll <laughs> talk Russians, sausage Kings and crossbows. Stay tuned, everybody. Your recruiting toolkit needs to be lean and mean as you adjust with fewer resources, tighter budgets, and rapid hiring needs in a saturated and competitive market. Posting jobs shouldn't be a lengthy, risky, or fruitless process. You can count on JobAdX to be your force maximizer. Automate the details of your programmatic job ad distribution, candidate targeting, and budget management so you can focus your energy on the big picture and human aspects of recruiting top talent. 
Reach relevant candidates effortlessly across 200 sites in the U.S. and Canada. Simply upload a feed of your jobs and set your budget in less than five minutes. We do the rest. Getting an influx of applicants already that just aren't the right fit? JobAdX presents your jobs to targeted candidates based on their job preferences to get granular. Now your advertising spend can go towards more relevant candidates, not just more applicants. What's more, your JobAdX programmatic campaigns now reach the government job bank systems in over 30 states, giving you centralized access to the majority of active job seekers eager to get off of unemployment and get back to work. Send us a note today with your unique challenge to see how we can help you in the new state of recruiting. Make the next step forward and start your results-focused campaign now at JobAdX.com. That's J-O-B-A-D-X.com. Well, as bad as, as bad as it is in America, we're not whacking people with crossbows. <laughs> it might be better if we did. Yeah, so check this news out. So a Russian oligarch reportedly nicknamed the Sausage King, shout out to Ferris Bueller, was <laughs> killed with a crossbow in his sauna after masked robbers broke into his home. Investigators said Monday uh, the man and his wife were in their banya, a traditional Russian sauna, outside Moscow when several masked men entered, tied them up, and demanded they give up the money kept in their home. Uh, This is from the Russian Investigative Committee. So is there anything more Russian than that shit? What I think happened, really, though, is Denzel Washington made that kill. (laughs) Have you seen The Equalizer? That was like the last part of The the Equalizer. When I read this, I was like, oh, it's fucking Denzel. Did he use a crossbow? No, but he could because he was a master <laughs> of all weapons. So a little, a little funny story. When I lived in Phoenix, one day I went out for lunch and I was driving on the street. And this is kind of timely because of Arizona freaking out over the election. But I was driving down the street and there was literally a dude with a crossbow walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> like where else than fucking Arizona will there be a crossbow armed dude just walking down the street? And with that, we out. Come on, man. Come on, man. Thank you for listening to, what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. 
and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.